This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Welcome, welcome friends to yet episode 52. Man, I can't even tell you how pumped I am to create and record today's episode because 52, that's 52 weeks. And I apologize on that note, Milo just burped to the background. He just had dinner. So I just wanted to give you all a warm and hearty thank you. If you've ever met me, I'm a really big hugger. So just imagine I'm giving you all a very pandemic-friendly hug (laughs) right about now. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about what to focus on in the off-season. And this is mostly geared towards mountain bikers. But of course, if you do another sport, by all means, this can be geared towards you as well. And I do want to start off the episode with defining what quote-unquote season means. And let's just say that the season varies on your particular races that you join. It also varies on your sport naturally. Um, But right now, generally speaking, mountain bikers and a lot of gravel cyclists and road cyclists right now are unable to pursue their sport, at least outside. And that is due to just potential trail damage or weather, things like that. Now, of course, this also depends on where the heck you live. If you're in sunny California, um, not all parts of California, as we know, but if you're in like Southern California, obviously that's an exception. If you're in parts of Texas and Arkansas, I'm trying to think of where all where else where all my clients are, uh, even parts of Germany and things like that, you're just going to be able to ride for a little bit longer. And you know, it's just it's weather dependent and seasonal dependent and location dependent. So, of course, your season depends on really just those variety of things, as well as your sport of choice, naturally speaking. And that's the obvious thing, of course. But keep that in mind as I'm going through this episode. And I apologize, Milo, Milo burped again. Hopefully you all can hear that in the background, because I can hear it even through my headphones. And uh, anyways, (laughs) you can't even be mad at this derpy dude. He's just sitting next to me right now. Uh, So there's a few tips I have. Let's see. How many did I come up with? I came up with seven things to to consider in your off-season. And again, this is pertaining to your particular off-season, uh, whatever that looks like for you. All right. For me, I'm a mountain biker. I have recently gotten into gravel cycling. I'm not really running much anymore. Uh, I am doing a little bit of rowing indoors, but mostly in the indoor garage, just warm up before sessions with strength and things like that. But Right now, ideally, is my off-season pertaining to mountain biking and even gravel riding, just because we have gotten some snow recently here in Colorado, and the trails are muddy, so a little little schmud, as we call it here. So, first thing to consider and focus on in your off-season is to reflect on your previous season. There needs to be a point of reflection and... This is really only to know where you're coming from, and it's not necessarily to look back on your past, especially if you have suffered an injury or things like that. I think it is it is important to remember where you're coming from, basically. But look at, look at your performance in the past year. Ask yourself things like, what went well? 
what didn't go so well and what would you do differently. Um, If you are a racer or an event participant, you know, if you do like to do like charity rides or things like that, ask if there's, ask yourself if there are any other races or charity rides or events that you have in mind for the year ahead. And then, you know, really focus on narrowing those things down and then work them in for the year ahead. That way you have some, some things on your calendar. And that, that leads us into the second step. So once you've done reflection on your previous season, next step is to determine what races or events you do want to participate in. Or if you're not a racer, like I said, then, then decide what your goals are pertaining to riding or whatever sport you're in. Now, some examples of some questions that I, that I have here are, you know, do you have a goal for how many rides you want to do every week or maybe miles? Maybe your goals are more mile set. What about, you know, um, uh, like on, if you use Strava, you know, if there are segment times that you're really trying to aim for, for example, I, I'm not really into that, but I know other folks that I work with are. The big thing, and I think mountain bike coach Joanna Yates, shout out to her because she will definitely give me a high five on this one. And if you're not following Joanna Yates, please, for the love of God, follow follow her. Uh, or I, should, I guess just, I should say for the love of dog or goddess, I don't know. Um, she's a fantastic coach in the Sedona, Arizona area. Really great energy. Love her to pieces. But... The next thing is to think about like skills, you know, maybe that's something that you want to set as a goal for yourself. And maybe you want to do skills, uh, maybe once or twice a week, at least once a week is usually my recommendation. And that is usually what I program for, well, a hundred percent of my clients, generally speaking. Um, and I think it's really important to keep in mind that skills don't happen overnight. You have to give them time. You have to be patient with them and not only patient, but you really have to be persistent AF with them. So make skills a point. If you need any help with skills, I'm able to help you in person by all means. I will say I am not an advanced cyclist. I am not jumping or hucking off of shit just because I, that's not really what I want to do. Like the jumps that I do are maybe too maybe four feet, but I haven't even done like I short, I shorten the four feet jumps, the four foot jumps. Let's put it that way. Uh, you can ask Joanna. Um, but <laughs> you know, I can definitely help with beginner to intermediate. That's usually my, my main skill set in terms of coaching others. That's where my strengths lie. If you need any in-person help here in Colorado, especially the Denver area, but Joanna Yates, again, I'm going to plug her. Um, let me just go ahead and add her to the show notes at this point. She doesn't even know I'm doing this. Um, she is doing online coaching and she has a really fantastic eye. Um, out of a lot of the coaches that I've worked with personally, one-on-one, she has one of the better eyes that I've seen in terms of coaching eye. And that is going to be a skill that's just acquired by being a full-time coach. And and believe me, you know, that is going to be the differentiation, differentiating factor rather between like a full-time coach versus a part-time coach is the folks who do this for a full-time living, they just acquire that coaching eye that much quicker. Now, of course, I've definitely worked with other coaches who are part-time that are fantastic and they also have a good coaching eye, but I will say in particular, Joanna does, and she does have an online program where she, she does some coaching guidance online, you know, where you send her videos of your technique and form and things like that. And she can really give you some great feedback. So check it out. Um, then, you know, 
still along with number two, point two, in determining what races, events, and goals you might have. Once you do create some concrete goals and you set that end result, right? You know, that goalpost, you have to determine what processes or daily habits are going to get you to that end goal. Those are the things that you need to implement on a daily basis. So for example, if you want to be able to do a manual, guess what? You're going to have to be able to fucking practice a manual at least once or twice a week. So give yourself that that process goal or that habit goal of practicing once or twice a week, you know, just because that, that manual is not going to happen. Um, wheelies, just not going to happen without that con- consistent practice. Track standing, that's one thing that I'm working on right now. Uh, given tips that Joanna had given me back in November when I saw her and was coached by her. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things that, hey, track sands are something I can actually work on, especially once the snow melts a little bit more and I'm comfortable doing it maybe in a local park or on a sidewalk or things like that. So there are ways that you can do this. Just bundle up, dress warm, depending on your climate and get outside and do it. All right. Third tip, and I will link my podcast episode about strength training in the show notes. So check that out if you haven't listened to that yet. But point number three is to to do some sort of strength training, to do some sort of strength work. At least twice a week is going is going to be a suggested minimum, and that's basically just enough to help you see some strength gains and definitely some power gains if you can progress yourself well enough in your own type of training. Of course, if you don't know how to do this. You can read about it, sure. You can spend time doing it yourself, or you can just hire a coach or join the Shred Strong program. Actually, I just by the time that this airs, enrollment will be closed, unfortunately. Um, but if you did miss out, by all means, send me an email, Jen at shiftingperformance.com. I'll see if I can sneak you in. You know, chances are, if you if you ask me within the first week, I have a soft spot. I know I'm, I'm a freaking sucker, um, but. I just want to help people. And if they're really reaching out and they're like, oh shit, I just got overloaded with kids and school or whatever. I understand things slip through the cracks. I mean, I didn't even email my, my email list about Treadstrong just because I had so much, uh, so many folks reach out to me via Instagram and Facebook and, and just email me. So I actually opted not to email my entire email list because I wanted to limit my enrollment for this one because I'm still perfecting some things with the delivering, uh, the delivery rather of the program and things like that. So, you know, I'm, I just want people to have the best experience. But anyways, if you're interested, reach out to me. Um, I might be able to sneak you in, but I can't, I can't promise you right now. But back to strength training try to do it at least twice a week. And it can be body weight. You don't have to go and lift a barbell that's 200 pounds. That's not, if that's not really where you, you know, have a passion or love or things like that. And your sport is predominantly mountain biking or cycling, gravel cycling, gravel biking, rather of some sort, by all means, some body weight, kettlebell, dumbbell band work is going to work, especially if you start to do stability work and core work and things that are really going to strengthen those joints in your body, you know, please never, never downplay the importance of just straight up body weight or bands or lightweight workouts because they, they can really see some really amazing progress. Um, and I do know lots of folks get frustrated 
and they do think that they need to spend more miles on the bike and spend more time on the bike instead of in the gym because they feel like spending time in the gym and lifting weights and doing strength and, and, and mobility work is really going to take away from their time on the bike. But what you need to realize, if you think this way, what you need to realize is that adding in strength and power work will translate to greater strength and power on your bike. And this means that you're, you're going to have more power. You're going to have more watts. You're going to have more energy on your, on your climbs and on your ride. This also means that you're going to be less fatigued on your bike because your body is used to being more resilient and having that muscular endurance that you see in, in appropriate strength work and power work and things like that. And I can't emphasize enough how much strength and stability and all of that and power training especially really does translate to having those same things on the bike. It, it, I can't, I just can't, I can't put it into words. You know, I had a client actually suggest to me that I, I really should start to interview some of my clients that I work with, whom I work with rather, because I feel like, you know, just me saying these things, you're like, okay, Jen, you're blowing smoke up my ass. But I can't tell you how many messages I get from folks who talk about how, you know, they had maybe persistent knee pain or low back pain or anything like that. And they're really noticing, oh, hey, I feel a lot more stable now that I've started like just a basic training program. Um, and that's on purpose. That's the reason that I program the way that I do. Uh, there is a few, a little bit of boring shit in, in the program, but it's on purpose. It's not all of this stuff is sexy. And, you know, a lot of the unsexy stuff is really what just makes your joints so much more resilient. So I don't know, maybe, maybe in the next few months, I will start to interview some clients, uh, especially I've had some recommendations from other clients that they want me to interview, uh, certain clients. Thank you for your feedback. I do appreciate it. You know who you are. Um, so clients, if you're on my client list right now, don't be surprised if I reach out to you and just say, Hey, let's just shoot the shit for like 30 to 60 minutes. Tell me why you started with me, blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like I want you all to hear it from people who are not me. <laughs> and I think that would be really beneficial. Because uh, of course I'm biased, you know, I'm a, I'm a strength coach and I mountain bike and I love mountain biking, but I am biased towards that. And I don't know. I just, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, definitely consider adding in some strength, power, but also, and this kind of goes with point number one, is when you think back on your previous season and your previous riding abilities and things like that, and your previous experiences on and off the bike, think about any, um, I hate to call them this, but weaknesses, areas of improvement. I mean, I don't, areas of opportunity. I, I don't know. I'm trying to coachify this a little bit more, but things that might not feel so great when you're on the bike, or maybe after you get off the bike, you're like, oh shit, my low back, my low back is hurting me. Or, you know, you're feeling a little twinge in your knee or I don't know, your pinky toe. I have no idea where it is for you. Uh, I will say the common thing, common things that I see for folks definitely low back when I start working with folks, low back, neck, like the area in between your shoulder blades and your upper back, that's common. Uh, shoulders, traps, so the muscles that connect basically between your neck and your shoulder, your shrug muscles basically. So shrug in the mirror and it's those muscles you see. Uh, and also shins. 
shins and calves, you'd be surprised at actually how often I, I hear about those, those areas as well, especially if they're more of an enduro style mountain biker, just because you're, you're in that flexed foot position for a longer period of time on the downhill. So it can cause a little bit of a exhaustion with that, that tibialis muscle in the front of the, the leg or the shin, I should say. So think about any weaknesses, quote unquote, or areas of opportunity and aches that you might have experienced last season and, and, and check in, you know, how did your low back feel? How did your knees feel? What about, uh, Ooh, Ooh, what about your grip strength? That's another big one, especially on those downhill segments. And, you know, think about your neck, think, think about those areas on your body that maybe bothered you a little bit and brought awareness to you, uh, after the bike ride or during the bike ride. And then explore some ways that you can build strength in those areas so that you can have less nagging in them this season. Now, I will say, and I'm going to put a little asterisk or or caveat here, even though you're having knee pain doesn't necessarily mean that there is an issue with that knee. Okay, now, of course, this I am not able to diagnose that is way out of my wheel, uh, wheel set here, but I will say, go see a, see a skilled physical therapist. You know, I have a couple by all means that I can refer to you. One of them in particular does, you know, uh, video health visits. I mean, I trust him so much. I sent my dad to him, my parents, like I, I send, I go to him and I, my partner goes to him. I mean, all my clients go to him. Like I just, not all my clients. I have a couple of clients who, who are kind of stuck with their, their PT and I respect that, but I trust my freaking dad to him. Like I can't even put into words how much I trust Zach. Um, see a PT, of course, get a formal diagnosis. I'm never going to come on here and say that you're broken. That's another thing that I'm not going to tell you. And I'm not going to diagnose you, but I will go ahead and say that even though you're having an ache or an issue in your knee, that might actually mean that you're having an issue in your ankle or your hip. And same thing with if you have a hip pain, that might actually mean that you have a knee issue. Oh goodness, Milo. I apologize. I forgot to take his collar off. And you know what? I'm not going to edit that out because this is my life. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Um, And again, I can't be mad at him. But think about those areas that are problematic for you and cause you some pain and aches and strength train the shit out of them. All right, number four, accumulate some base miles. I know you all are going to absolutely hate that tip, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. And I don't care what your discipline is. You need to have some sort of base miles. You need to have some sort of cardio base, period, throughout the year. Wintertime is a great time to do that because guess what? You do an easy tempo. I mean, these are basically what I call smile miles or soul miles. And these are things that bring you joy. They should be a way for you to add miles without any pressure or without any, um, any expectations for you. And I want you to think about how much... Think of how much your cardio health will increase if you spent more time at longer durations. If you don't have the ability to ride indoors on a trainer or an indoor bike or anything like that, uh, consider fat biking, consider getting studded tires on your mountain bike, or if you're even unable to just bike outside, maybe you just need a damn break because I think it's really important for folks to also take a good couple of weeks at least every year away from the bike and then come back. And you're, you're going to remember that that time away from the bike, you're going to remember why you love it. So another option too is off the bike, you know, especially fat biking and things like that. Think about what indoor equipment you like. You know, what are some things that you enjoy? 
and do your long duration cardio on those things. Perfect example are rowers. I love rowers. I mean, I hate rowers, actually. Hate's a strong word. I dislike rowers. I'm five foot two. I'm really short. So I show up at mighty. But I will say rowers, like the ones that are made by Concept2, Concept two, for example, they're great. They are fantastic for getting in some base miles. You hop on there, do 20 minutes, you get used to it. You know, obviously build up, do 10 minutes at first, then 15, then get into 20. And then you can start doing some intervals and things like that. But, you know, rowing is a great substitute for, for cycling. And same thing with running. But if you don't like to run, then don't do it, all right? Um, fifth thing to focus on in the off season is to have some damn fun. And I want you to ask yourself what would be fun for you to do in the off season in order to cross train. You know, maybe that does include some more gravel riding. I know I'm, I've fallen madly in love with gravel riding and I just really enjoy it um, because I do enjoy longer rides and now you're just mixing it with dirt, which I mean, that's two of my favorite things. So you're mixing it with dirt without any of the rock launches or tech features, excessive tech features, I should say, because I'm still going down technical single track on my on my uh, gravel bike, which is insanely fun, by the way. Um, but I'm not doing anything, you know, crazy. I'm not doing any black trails or anything like that. Now, maybe that that does include more gravel to gravel riding because that is what's going to bring you joy. Maybe you're going to explore some new routes that you don't necessarily do during the season. Or um, trying to think of some ideas here. Uh, Maybe you want to do some indoor rock climbing or bar. If you want to do like bar classes or whatever the hell brings you joy. I don't care what that is. And I'm not going to be here making fun of you. If that is Zumba and dancing, hell yeah, more power to you. Do it. I I am pro dancing. I fucking love dancing. Um, So if you want to go join a dancing gym, join a damn dancing gym. If it brings you a smile on your face, do it. Because guess what? When the season comes here and you're going to be riding and spending a lot more time on your bike, you might not be able to do those things that you that you love so much or that bring you joy or bring you happiness. And like I said earlier, if you hate running, don't do it. I don't want you to ever feel like you need to do something because you feel like that you should be doing it for cardio health. This is literally me giving you permission to find whatever the heck brings you joy and do that. Cross-country skiing. Right now, it's winter time. If you are a big snowboarder, skier, cross-country skier, cross-country skiing is a great workout. Do it. I mean, by all means, this is the time to do it and, and enjoy the season. Uh, another thing I want to add in, actually, now that I think about it, is maybe you also need to get some maintenance done on your on your body. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe this is going to be fun for you. Maybe getting some body work, massages, going into a sauna, going to a recovery center, whatever feels good for you and can make you feel rejuvenated and renewed, do it. Uh, And then also now's a really good time to, you know, maintain your bike. All right, let me look at my list here. I'm on number six. All right, this goes hand in hand with the strength part of of the tips here today. But number six is to work on your weaknesses or what did I call them earlier? Areas of opportunity, <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes for you to, to look at these positively and not negatively. The, it's great to ask yourself what your weaknesses are, determine them and work on them. Great ideas for this would include uh, things like flexibility, mobility, and stability. 
of course, which stability goes a little bit hand in hand with the strength work, but I'm just trying to get you all to squat and deadlift and press more in the strength work. Now I'm trying to get you to implement some sort of mobility program before bed, or, or maybe you want to do like five, 10 minutes of yoga a day, whatever this is that looks good for you and feels good for you. That's where it's good. You know, that's where it's, it's nice to implement something that will help you on your weaknesses you know, again, think about that low back pain or your shoulder stability or your ankle mobility. Are you able to flex your, your ankles as well and point your, your feet as well, you know, or flex your feet and point your feet rather. And think back again on the things that, that ached you or bothered you in your, in your previous season and address them now when it comes to mobility and stability and all of that. And that does go hand in hand with strength, but I do want to keep them separate because I do consider strength training to be a separate entity from specific stability and mobility. And that's why in my programming for Shred Strong and clients, I generally, generally speaking, I I do separate those things out. Um, all right, last point. And dare I say this might be the most important uh, because we are humans and we need that connection and that, that collective feeling because we come from groups in our history. If you look at our history as humans, as civilizations, we survived because we had a group of people to depend on. So number seven is to enhance your relationships on and off the bike. And this is a perfect time in the off season to do this because you're spending less miles on the bike during, during the season, maybe depending on where you're living, unless you know, you're lucky, you're fortunate, you're living in Sedona or other warmer areas, but with less miles on the bike during the off season, you really can spend more time with your partner or your loved ones, period. You know, ask, ask your partner, what do you both like to do? Check in with yourself. What do you both enjoy doing? If you're not with a partner, then spend some time with friends and, and folks that you absolutely love and that, again, bring you joy. Have you seen a theme here? The theme is basically to make you strong as fuck and to bring you joy. <laughs> so if you can narrow these things down in the off-season to those two parameters, you're doing really well. Um, but again, the off-season, I really feel is a time to connect to two people in your life off of the bike. You know, maybe you can go hiking or snowshoeing or skiing and snowboarding together. Maybe you can cook together or do some home projects together or do some gym workouts together. You know, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of some ideas too, just to give you some ideas. Um, winter road trips. That's, that's an idea for friends and even your romantic lover. Uh, you can even do a romantic staycation or hell, do a staycation with a friend. Again, if you're not partnered, I mean, you don't have to have a, a relationship with one other person. You have relationships with a variety of people in your life. And these, all of these things can easily be done with friends. I mean, maybe not the romantic part, but you can do a staycation with friends and go and have like a girl's trip or something. I, I don't care. I don't care what it is. I just want you to connect with people. And I want you to have joy with other people. And I know we're in the middle of, you know, pandemic and now with Omicron and things like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to lose connection with folks. Maybe connection will look a little bit different depending on people's comfort level. And you have to respect that, you know, but maybe it's time to take it outdoors. Again, like I said earlier, go snowshoeing, do some gravel rides, you know, maybe you are going to be on the bike, but I really recommend doing things off of the bike 
because there's more of a chance to really converse and and connect with other people and you know have some date nights or date days or lunch dates just whatever it is just savor the time that you have with those people in your life and i think that's incredibly important you know just just do it and on that note that is all i have to recap seven tips look at my list here number one reflect on your previous season look at your performance what went well what didn't go well reflect absorb figure out what the heck you want to do for point number two which is to determine what races or events you want to participate in if you're not a racer then think about events or think about what goals you want to do and then consider the process goals to get to that end goal Number three, strength train. I want to get you strong AF. Seriously, lift something besides like a 12 ounce or 16 ounce can. Uh, you have to put in some sort of strength work if you want to get stronger and more powerful on the bike. I'm just going to leave it at that. Four, accumulate some base miles. I don't care if you're an enduro rider and you do downhill. You need that cardio capacity in order to be able to do shuttles, in order to be able to do downhills efficiently with less use of oxygen or need for oxygen. That is the beauty in in having that aerobic capacity with base miles. So stop telling yourself <laughs> that you don't need it because you're an enduro rider or a downhiller. It's just not true. Uh, and, you know, accumulating base miles doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spend time on a bike. You can also spend time in a rower or treadmill or ski erg or whatever makes you happy, okay? And then skiing, I mean, of course, do do things outside. Do whatever brings you joy. Number five, have some damn fun. Figure out what the heck is bringing you joy and do it. I don't care if it's a dance class dance dance revolution (laughs) like i really don't give a crap what the hell it is i just want you to have fun with it uh good good thing is rock climbing rock climbing is a great example of something to do that's indoors relatively safe well i guess considering um and it works your core grip and all of that stuff upper body strength oh man i just love it i have a lot of of folks in shred strong as well as one-on-one clients who are also climbers and let me tell you they, they notice the strength work works well with their rock climbing and the rock climbing works well with their strength work and biking so it really does go hand in hand um number six work on your weaknesses what are they identify them, determine what they are, and then include some sort of mobility, flexibility, and stability in your life. Uh, programming rather in your life. Maybe that's yoga. I don't, I don't care. Whatever it is, just get more bendy. And then last, but certainly, certainly not least is number seven to enhance your relationships on and off the bike. Get some connection going folks. All right. On that note, I just want to say thank you. Episode 52. We're, uh, actually technically less than 52 weeks in but this is monumental because there are 52 weeks in a year i'm smart and uh and it means so much to me to to be at this point and have close to 7,000 downloads you know soon we're going to be hitting 10,000 downloads and it it blows my mind that there's that many people that are already listening to this podcast and i really couldn't do it without you that being said i would love it if you could share this on the social Uh, any social network that you like, please do share this episode with your friends. Ask them to listen. Ask them to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and give me a review. 
let me know how the hell I'm doing. You know, I would love a five-star review. If it is less than a five-star review, oh my goodness, please email me. Let me know what I can do better because, you know, I have to identify my weakness, right? I have to identify what, what I'm doing shitty or what I could be doing better. And that is because of my own biases, I need feedback from you all. Like what, what can I be doing better? What are some topics you want to see? Email me, jen at shifthumanperformance.com or just reach out to me on Instagram at shifthumanperformance. That's all I have for you, friends. I love each and every one of you for listening and giving your time today for this episode. And really, I, I can't, I can't put it into words how grateful I am for each and every one of you. I hope you have a beautiful day and enjoy the new year. 